the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. FM 96.1 North County. And AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. No, I'm a bad girl. Woo! It's Friday night. Y'all might be sitting out there going, what? What day of the week is this? Is this Friday night? Say what? Say what? Woo! It's Friday night. Well, not really. My man here is kind of confusing people. It kind of is to us because to us, tomorrow is Good Friday. And I don't know if a lot of Americans actually celebrate Good Friday anymore. Is it even a holiday for people anymore? I've always loved Salem. They are very gracious in giving us Good Friday. No, I absolutely, in recognition of, you know, when I was a kid, my most favorite holiday, of course, was Christmas. You know, the celebrating the birth of Jesus and getting all kinds of presents. But as an as I get older... Uh, Easter is. I was just going to say that. The older I get, mm, the more I, I love Easter. Absolutely. So happy Easter, you guys. We are closed tomorrow night, but uh, we're going to have a great replay of, of shows that you might have missed. And so if you've got nothing to do on tomorrow night, uh, please do give us a little listen. And, and of course, we've got a dynamite show for y'all tonight. And of course, you know, I am dynamite in a dress, busting through the hype, the hyperbole, and the hypocrisy. And as the Every intro said, you're a bad girl. Now. I am a bad girl, right? Just like there's kind of a bad boy right now that the world is kind of hating on. And we're going to talk about Mr. Elon Musk in the opening segment and all the just international brouhaha that is come with the breaking news today from him and the, quote, supposed hostile takeover. So before we get into that, though, um, I, I wanted to let you guys know how to contact the show. Of course, you can call in at 888-344-1170. And I want to particularly reach out to our caller last night, Ben. Ben, if you were listening to the show, please do give us a call back tonight. I felt like we didn't really give your story enough time. And if you're listening, please do call back uh, throughout the show because we would love to talk to you again. After the first break, we've got a first-time caller on the show with us in our next segment. Just in time, he's got a book out called BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what the ideology was behind that Frank James yesterday. Um, But we know the ideology of BLM is one about a revolution to take over this country. So we're uh, looking forward to speaking with him. And later on in the show, we've just got uh, some really exciting new news for y'all in regards to the elections. Okay, Uh, you already heard the voice, but let me bring him in anyway with an official introduction. It's DJ Potato Skins. Yesterday, I met in this very room with DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. And long after he's gone, former President Reagan's poll numbers still higher than Joe Biden's. <laughs> well, whose isn't? I tell you whose poll numbers are higher than Joe Biden's. That bird that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that left a little dropping on Joe Biden in the speech yesterday. All right. Um, so let's get into like the hottest, craziest, uh, you know, happenings. Just when we thought the Twitter stuff was gone. Right. And 
And, you know, really, so here's what happened today. We knew that that Elon Musk had become the largest shareholder in Tesla, 9.2% stake in, in the company, just to give you guys a, a real quick overview and background. And But then he decided to not be on the board of directors. Conservatives were all excited that Trump was going to come back and everything was going to be copacetic. I uh, thought him not being on the board of directors was going to be the end of it. Well, you know, I, 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 I have been not sure what was going to be the end of it with Elon Musk. I've been questioning what what his real intentions were and whether or not his intentions was to just make more money or whether or not it was actually to be an advocate for free speech. And so right. I've been closely watching the story. So when he decided to bail on uh, the board of directors, uh, I wasn't really sure. And then he announced that he was going to buy Twitter. And that's when things got crazy on the part of the left. They're referring to it as a hostile takeover. Have they ever, have you ever heard them refer to anybody buying out, whether it's like, you know, Disney buying some big conglomerate? No, it's, it's never a, a hostile hot. takeover for right. a mere business deal. Right. Uh, no, it's, it's, but they consider it an act of hostility because anything that challenges them, anything that stands in the way of the left's ability to enforce their agenda right. on the people is considered an act of violence in their regards. And then they feel entitled to do whatever they want to do in order to stop you, whether it's throwing a milkshake, a concrete milkshake at Andy No, or a mob chasing a, you know, a college student because she invited Alan West to come and speak, um, whether it's you know even the deep state, the FBI and the DOJ rounding up Americans and throwing them in a gulag. Right. I mean, it's all about trying to or as well as the covid restrictions. Right. So he announces that he's going to buy Twitter. And here's what he said in his announcement. He said, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. And we know, uh, as Don Jan said in a call the other day on our hotline, uh, the difference between a republic and a democracy, but that's an argument for another day. He said, however, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve the societal imperative in its current form. He's spot on. He's absolutely right. So then he makes the announcement. He's going to, he makes an offer of billions of dollars, four point something billion dollars. I think it was to buy it out. And Twitter responded um, saying that they had received Musk's offer and that its board will, ca- will carefully review the proposal. Um, Musk then said that his unsolicited bid is his best and final offer. He also said he would reconsider his investment in the company if his offer was rejected. So it's just immediately it started escalating, escalating and escalating. Uh, Musk said it's very important for there to be an inclusive area for free speech. And Twitter, yes, and Twitter has become the de facto town square. And he also reiterated that this is not a way to sort of make money, he said. So the left went absolutely nuts. Max Boot, if you guys know who he is, because of course it got really crazy interesting on Twitter. He tweeted out the real reality, the truth. It, this this was almost like Elon Musk going after Twitter was almost like what Trump represented when he when he decided as an outsider to go in and take on D.C. It exposed it highlighted the depths of the deep state and Great the, analogy and the true the true Democrat agenda because here's what Max Boot said today: I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. Let that sink in. Because Elon Musk's desire by purchasing Twitter is to restore free speech. He's frightened that He's free frightened. speech might be restored. Right. And, and, and of course they're frightened because if there's free speech, 
If Twitter hadn't been allowed to to uh, to stop the Hunter Biden story and ban New York Post and the article about the Hunter Biden laptop in October of 2020, Joe Biden would not be president today. In spite of all the shenanigans, they still needed a certain amount of people to go to the polls and vote for Joe Biden right. for, for him, even with the theft to become president. They know that by suppressing speech, whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop, whether or not it has to do with COVID, they know that that is ultimately the way to for the ultimate election interference. He goes on to say, is he see, uh, um, this is continuation of Max Boot. He seems to believe that on social media, anything goes. Well, isn't that what the First Amendment right says? Potato 100%, skins? 100%. No exception. Yeah, anything is supposed to go. Even, and in fact, the First Amendment was about protecting speech you hate. I can't stand hearing Ben Crump. I can't stand, you know what, like the, the audio we played last night of Frank James, exactly. as much as that hurt my heart, but as you know horrible what? as that was. First Amendment. First Amendment. And you know what? Nobody took that down. Nobody took that down. New York Post couldn't do an article on Hunter Biden, but that guy could sit and spew and talk about segregation, right? He goes, Max Book goes on to say, for democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. So then Beth Bowman, I don't know who that is, she responded with the perfect reply. For our republic to supply to survive correcting him on the democracy, we need Silicon Valley elites to dis... Um, for our Repu- oh, she's correcting him. For our republic to survive, we need Silicon Valley elites deciding what's acceptable and what's not. That their their idea of there survival, right there. and it's kind of true because the Democrats' survival does depend on them deciding what we're allowed to know and what we're not. Deciding that what is acceptable speech. If you have one hundred percent free speech out there, especially in social media, they don't get elected, Andrew. Right. So then it gets even more interesting. Then I see that some group called Vanguard Group, which is which is um, a, a, an index fund manager, according to you know uh, those in the know on Wall Street, they ended up upping its stake and actually surpassed buying more, surpassed Elon Musk now. Oh, I hadn't heard that as the long, largest shareholder. They're now at ten point three percent. And some people today were like, well, what's the big deal about that, Andrea? What, what's your point? Well, my point is, why would they be doing this? Because they're trying to minimize his influence on Twitter. 100%. This is a global elitist New World Order Great Reset organization, right? And But, but let's be clear. They're not trying to stop Elon Musk. They're trying to stop you. They're trying to, to stop anybody who wants to share an opposing viewpoint, what they consider disinformation, when they're really the propagandist. That's what it's about. In fact, this guy from Wall Street said the paradox of index fund managers like BlackRock and Vanguard is that they're supposedly not confident enough to pick individual stocks, yet perfectly competent to pick the right way to design an entire society. And that's what this is about. They can't get their great reset if you know the truth about what they're all about, whether it's about their green energy boondoggles, the truth about why they've pushed this Russian-Ukraine war, about the truth behind the stopping the Keystone Pipeline, or whether it's the truth, truth about COVID, whether it's about the LBGTQIA. They can't get their great reset if they can't control our minds. And with all of that, they think that by not letting Musk buy Twitter, that that's game over. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. That's true. But even before we get into that, I know where you're going, my brother. Um, Saudi Arabia decides to get into it. Same Saudi Arabia that put out the really oh, funny. I heard this. Sa- <laughs> that put out the Saudi Night Live. Mocking Joe Biden, a prince um, from um, whose Twitter account is at kingdom underscore KHC. 
He tweeted out today, I don't believe that the proposed offer by Elon Musk comes close to the intrinsic value of at Twitter, given its growth prospects. Al-Walid tweeted Thursday, I reject his offer. Well, Nick Short then tweets, if the board of directors at Twitter reject the offer made by Elon Musk, then wouldn't the board be acting in direct opposition to the financial interest of their shareholders? Bingo. And Elon Musk said, absolutely. It would be utterly indefensible not to put this offer to a shareholder vote. They own the company, not the board of directors. That's the way it's supposed. This is not a hostile takeover. You put it to the vote of the shareholders. And if they turn it down, they turn it down. And if they turn it down, that doesn't mean it's over because Elon Musk was asked about that. And here was his response. You don't like to lose. If in this case you are not successful in, you know, the board does not accept your offer. You've said you won't go higher. Is there a plan B? There is. And I'll tell you, Andrew, if you've seen the video clip, the look on his face is priceless as he says that, like he knows exactly what mm-hmm. he's going to do. I just wish the the um, the the audio from the Snoop Dogg song, do 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 do, it's the the one and only D O double G. because he is just like Snoop Dogg. If you know that meme and that song, don't underestimate this. Don't guy. underestimate the D O double G, Elon Musk. All right, so we're going to take a break. We come back. We've got first-time caller on the show. Mike Gonzalez is going to be here to talk about his new book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And just in time, given what went down with this Frank James character, we're going to talk to him in a minute. And if you want to talk to us, give me a call, 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show, 888-344-1170. You know, before the show, we were talking about rolling into Easter weekend, and we were kind of talking here at the station about some of our favorite traditions. And, and we thought, well, you know, well, maybe we put it out there to you guys. Do you have a, a favorite Easter tradition? Um, you know, for me, it's really about Russell Stover cream eggs. And I don't mean to get all controversial. But usually my question of the year for y'all out there is on socials. I usually put this out there. Russell Stover cream eggs or Cadbury cream eggs? Oh, Cadbury all the no, way. No, no, no. Wrong. I need to get the buzzer out to get the gong on you, man. The Trump wrong. No, no. It's Russell Stover cream eggs. 888-344-1170 if you want to share an Easter tradition. All right, so I'm super excited to have this guest with me uh, on tonight's show. We actually booked him to come on before this whole thing went down with this subway shooter, and I'm curious to get his perspective on whether or not this guy's ideology matched Black Lives Matter and if that was a part of the movement, because this book he has out is called BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And he is a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and he's taken on BLM in this book in a way nobody else has. I mean, the the false narratives about this organization are still being pushed out through the mainstream media. And he joins me now to discuss it. It is Mike Gonzalez. Hey, Mike Gonzalez, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, my book, which has been out since September now, it's it's very topical with all the uh, the news. That's coming out. I don't know if you've seen, but, uh, uh, you know, BLM bought this mansion in California, and, and uh, the IRS doesn't know where the rest of the money is. 
And so finally, the mainstream media has begun to write stories about it. Uh, New York Magazine deserves credit uh, for being the first leftist publication to write something about it for the first time in years. And then finally, the Washington Post wrote something about it. But until now, it's been crickets. Right. Uh, only the Washington Examiner and Fox News uh, have really been doing and the New York Post. That's the reason I wrote my book. Well, you know, somebody needs to be talking about it. And the only thing that I knew, really, the only, you know, it, Patrice Cullors, I don't know if we said her name right. I mean, that kind of, she was kind of forced to resign when, when people found out that she had bought two homes totaling about a million and a half or, or, or more, one of which was in, in some really Tony, you know, I, I think it was, I don't, uh, Topanga Canyon, maybe out in LA. She was forced to resign and that got a lot of news. But then nobody's really been talking about the fact that their donations, all the million of dollars that went to Black Lives Matter never made it to the black community. And nobody's really talking, uh, even continuing to talk about the fact that even that aside, that's not the really the worst part of this organization, in my opinion. It's their ideology. It's their movement to to transform this country and force their agenda on people, even if it means they got to burn down buildings. And I want to continue to remind people of that. Thank you very much for saying that, by the way, because I do say that a lot. Obviously, the obvious corruption that is taking place is something to write about. And I think at last year when she resigned, it was three homes, oh, three mansions yeah. that she had bought. <clears throat> and then there was the, the mansion in Toronto with $8 million, which, which very ironically was used to be the headquarters of the communist party of Canada. And now they just came out and actually this, this purchase was made in 2020, but it just came out. Um, that it the, the, the mansion in California, but you're completely 100% right. Grift exists everywhere. What is worse with this organization, and this the media will not report, is that they are fanatical Marxists. Let me say that again. For you, they are fanatical Marxists who want to they, who want to dismantle the organizing principle of society. I am quoting them verbatim. They want to, that. That's everything, right? That's that's very all encompassing. They, they, you know, that you're right that they, they, a lot of, for example, the father of Michael Brown, uh, the, 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 the mother of Tamir Rice have come out and said, hey, where's the money? We haven't mm-hmm. seen any of the money. And they, because they, they're not about helping individual black lives. No. You know, black lives don't matter to them. If, they, if black lives matter to them, you wouldn't have, you know, the, the, the Ferguson effect and the rise in homicides that we have seen. They want to destroy capitalism. This is something really important that your listeners should pay close attention to because, you know, we're not perfect, but we're pretty good. We're a very good society. We're a very good country. There's a very long line of people out the door waiting to come in mm-hmm. for, because America is a good country. Dismantling America may not be the best, the best thing to do. Well, no, it's absolutely not the thing to do. And and, and this movement is um, a, a different version of it's it's the same Marxist movement, just different tactics. Right. You know, Marxists are always about um, playing uh, class warfare. In this case, it's race warfare. The end result is always in Marxist movements is always to line the pockets of the elites and continue that and, and the pe- with the peasants ending up in a worse position than they were to begin with. And it always ends 
ends up resulting in Marxist movements, resulting in, I think, total to date, somewhere between 100 and 200 million dead people. And we're seeing violence continuing to grow in this country. And as a BLM expert, I was curious with this guy, Frank James, with his videos coming out about him. And I know you wrote this book before, you know, we, we heard about this individual. He had Black Lives Matter propaganda on his socials. In his videos, he's talking about it's all anti-American rhetoric. We know that the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it, you know, um, it, it is uh, tied into the CRT. And a lot of what this guy was talking about last night uh, that was revealed yesterday, a lot of anti-police, defund the police stuff, segregation stuff, um, completely wanting to destroy the fabric of our nation. Is it, it, it was that. And then I heard a different term today that he was more along the lines of something the FBI identified um, in 2017, something called black identity extremist. And I had never heard that before. Is that part of the black? Why? It's a reason why you had never heard this. That is because the Congressional Black Caucus told the FBI it could not use that word anymore. They, 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 the FBI was, 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 was tied down. It could not investigate Black Lives Matter because it was actually investigating black identity extremism. And, and, and a bunch of leftist organizations, including the Congressional Black Caucus, said, no, you cannot do this. And, and, and the, the director of the FBI, Ray, pull back from it. Uh. So look, I, I don't know what the, I haven't looked about the, 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 the deep ties between this, 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 this uh, accused terrorist, James, and, 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 and Black Lives Matter, but obviously it doesn't help when we're just filling society with this, with this idea of systemic racism mm-hmm. and America being an oppressive society. Folks, we got to get a grip. I have lived I, mean, I don't know if you read my body. I've lived in seven countries at least a year. I wasn't born in this country. America is not an oppressive society. We have to stop spewing this nonsense. Mm-hmm. America is, is, is not perfect once again because it's a place on earth. We never, you know, nothing on earth is ever going to be perfect. But it's not oppressive. It's actually a very good place to, to come and, and to, to try to achieve human flourishing. This is why it can, we, we have to fight really hard this idea that we need to dismantle society. Right. And that is why I wrote my book, BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. You're absolutely right that Marxism has never produced anything good anywhere. It's actually got a, 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 an excellent record of failure. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's never worked anywhere. It's, I don't think it's ever been... Um, I don't think it's ever been pushed through this type of ideology. And so the the truth behind it and the Marxist roots in it are are well hidden and certainly hidden by uh, the propagandists in the media that are all a part of this overall communist agenda. The Democrat Party, in my opinion, are communist. Their their cultural Marxist movement, whether it's the Black Lives Matter or LBGTQ and and, and other aspects of it, is all about destroying the fabric of this nation by um, by declaring that it's fundamentally bigoted and, and hateful and and oppressive in all different forms against all different uh, all the different identity groups and therefore it must be transformed into their Marxist utopia and you know and there's not enough out there we ha- we have to do our part as American citizens to not get all of our information from anybody in the media we need to be and we need to get back to reading more books don't we by the way, uh, yes, <laughs> I, I would tell you could start with my book. But yes. Look, the stuff in my book is the stuff they say. 
Googled this stuff. If you buy my book and you go to the footnotes, you will see that I quote them. I quote the left. I quote Patrice Coulouris. I quote Alicia Garza. I quote Angela Davis. I quote Melina Abdullah. I quote, you know, all of them. Uh, or Paul Tometi. Read what they say. Google what they say. Google dismantle the organizing principle of society. Google mm-hmm. Eric Mann, M-A-N-N, the, 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 the Soviet apologist communist who trained Patrice Coulouris for 10 years. Google these things and find out what they say. Don't find out what I say. Don't find out what the New York Times say. Find out what Patrice Coulouris, Alicia Garza, and Eric Mann say themselves. You know, familiarize yourself with these mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, you've, we've got to educate ourselves. We've, we've got to get, we've got to become activists and it starts with educating ourselves. And it's disturbing to hear that the FBI, um, and all of our, uh, all of our agencies have been beaten down with the, with the cancel culture, political correctness to allow the Congressional Black Caucus to, um, to, you know, um, to remove these labels and by removing labels and by removing the truth, they're not investigating. I mean, if they had investigated that guy, whether or not he's got ties to Black Lives Matter, he was on a terror watch list. You know, um, if they had, you know, if they weren't so um, beaten down by the by this movement that if you question this or, you know, you're a racist, um, you know, we might be able to, you know, not just stop some crimes before they happen, but restore um, the, the I don't, I don't know how to say this. We're so divided right now. They have made a lot of progress, Mr. Gonzalez, in pushing in the, through the use of Black Lives Matter, through um, President Obama pushing out the lie, hands up, don't shoot, um, inviting Black Lives Matter to the White House after they were chanting in the street, pigs in a, ba- in a blanket, fry them like bacon, right? Um, there's so many people that believe that Trayvon Martin was hunted down because he was a black young man in a hoodie. Um, but, you know, we've got to educate ourselves as Americans, but we've also got to do more and through reading books like yours. But somehow we've also got to get our institutions to, to stop being browbeaten and to not honestly characterizing bad people in our society and stopping them before they commit acts of terror. You know, you said something just now about how they have they, they have been very successful for the last few years, which reminded me that earlier in this conversation, you talked about how they have gone from class warfare to race warfare. That is part of the cultural Marxism shift that we have seen happen since the new left. It, for first, it was Antonio Gramsci in the 1920s who wrote about this, but he, his ideas didn't really become operative until the, the 50s, late 50s and early 60s. And it was this idea of, well, the working class was not going to overthrow the United States. The working class was too happy. And in any way, when you rely on, 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 on economic classes, people can change their economic class, right? Mm-hmm. I was poor at one point. Now I'm middle class. Well, you cannot change. One of the things you cannot change about yourself, breaking news, you cannot change your sex. You cannot change <laughs> your race. And you cannot change your national origin. So let's put the, the locus of, it, of, of, of revolution in these things you cannot change. Because you can change your class, and on the mm-hmm, capitalism, right. you, you change your class often. Let's, let's actually put it on race and sex and national origin. And that's why they have had the success they have had. We need to really be mindful of the culture. Why? Because we're fighting cultural Marxists now. 
and it's and it's very emotion based. One area of success, uh, I think your 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 book talks about um, that Black Lives Matter protest. Oh, you talk about uh, Wikipedia still identifies BLM with this completely false narrative that Black Lives Matter protests have been overwhelmingly peaceful, and when violence does occur, it's often committed by the police. I don't know if you heard, but when Black Lives Matter surrounded the White House and multiple. Um, um, Secret Service officers were attacked, um, and you know a church was burned down. Remember the the images of the reporter? Oh, it's mostly peaceful protest as buildings were burning behind him. There was actually, I guess, I found out yesterday that there were lawsuits filed by the Black Lives Matter terrorist against the police force there, and the p- police and the authorities in D.C. settled a civil lawsuit and paid the Black Lives Matter terrorist. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, D.C. can be a very strange place. Look, they had about 12,000 protests, right? They had about 12,000 protests uh, in 2020. Uh, of those, uh, about 630 were coded as riots by the U.S. Crisis Monitor, which is actually sympathetic to Black Lives Matter. So, yes, 630 is a small percentage of 12,000, but 630 is a lot of riots yeah. you have in half a year. It was very costly. In fact, it was the costliest civil unrest in U.S. history, and it led to the highest rise in homicides ever in the history of the U.S. Thousands of people died extra that didn't need to die, murdered, you know, in 2020 because of this. Right. And yet, meanwhile, we've got a January 6th commission that has turned a, a House com- a, a committee into a court, which it's not supposed to be, and an FBI that spent weeks and months trying to round up people that never even went inside the Capitol. But there's been no commission. Nobody knows who's been funding. And, 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 and I think you talk about that in your book, that there's tr- tr- a tremendous amount of funding and organization behind Black Lives Matter and the, and the, and neither party in, in Congress has been interested, nor the DOJ, and that included Bill Barr or Christopher Ray or anybody else, in getting to the truth behind this movement. And so I thank you for coming here tonight and writing this book. I'm hoping that people will continue to um, look at this, read your book, and, and there will be a renewed focus on this organization. Well, let's, see what happens. let's see what happens if Congress changes hands, because it needs to be an investigation into the 2020 riots, and let's look into really what happened. Absolutely. All right. Mike Gonzalez, thank you for being here. The book is BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye bye. Now, speaking of changing hands, we got an election coming up and we got some really fun news to tell you guys about that. So come on back in 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Yeah, tomorrow we're off for Good Friday, but you can still give us a call. In fact, you can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week on our comment line. It's 844-814-5227. And uh, you can either um, call and give us what your Easter tradition is. We're happy to hear that. Or anything else, topic suggestions, guest ideas, anything that's on your mind. Speaking of Easter traditions, you got something interesting to share? You're going to find this hilarious. I okay. believe it was last Easter. I was kind of joking around. My, you know, We normally celebrate at my brother's house, and you know, he cooks, cooks up a ham, and it's fabulous. Oh, I love ham. And it was said, hey, you know, Noah, bring an appetizer. So I was going to do it, and I joked, hey, I'll bring rabbit taquitos. You know, rabbit taquitos, you know, I, you know, just, you know, the whole Easter bunny thing. And 
they're just like, ah, ha, ha, funny. The more I thought about it, I'm like, you know. Now I'm flashing back to, to uh, um, what was the movie with Glenn Close and, and Michael, Michael Douglas? Oh yeah, yeah fatal yeah. attraction. I yeah. mean, you 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 boil bunnies and turn them into taquitos. Oh no, you didn't know you you ro- you 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 roast it. You you can find it. It's very tasty. And then you just make rolled tacos. Okay, never make fun of me and my frog legs again. That's all I'm I love. Say. Frog legs. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Oh, we, yeah. Invite <laughs> me over. <laughs> All right. If you've got an Easter tradition you want to share with us, 888-344-1170. Okay. Yeah, we are rolling into, before the break, we were talking to Mike Gonzalez, author of the book BLM, The Making of a New Marxist Revolution. And we were talking about how there could still be an investigation into BLM if the Republicans take over the House and the Senate. Here's some great... Going into Easter weekend, I'd love to give y'all some great news. Smiled twice today. I'm I'm smiling all over the place. Um, Election Wizard tweeted out today, great site on Twitter. There was an NBC polls regarding midterms enthusiasm. In October of 2021, enthusiasm for Republicans over Democrats was up 11 points. In January of 2022, Republicans were up 14 points. Now Republicans are up 17 points. And it's got me laughing thinking about Kurt Schlichter last night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if y'all heard Schlichter on the on the show last night, but I think he said Joe Biden uh, uh, that a certain uh, sexually transmitted disease was more popular (laughs) than Joe Biden. Um, The last time the enthusiasm gap was this wide in 2010, Democrats lost more than 60 seats in the House. However, as I also talked about to, to my man Schlichter last night, he's had an article out saying the Dems death march uh, to November. The Republican Party is always so quick to snatch victory out of the jaws, the jaws of, defeat. of defeat, right? So we, we got to be paying attention to doing the right things, right? As we're going into the midterms in 2024. Well, speaking of doing the right things, the RNC actually voted to completely withdraw Finally, from presidential debates. Oh, thank God. Right? What took y'all so long? I mean, I'm glad to hear this, right? Because it's, I I mean, I thought I was going to lose my mind. The skew has been insane. Last year, I mean, well, and and it's gotten as bad as it is. It didn't get to where we had Chris Wallace interrupting and allowing Joe Biden to flat out lie to the American people that Hunter Biden didn't receive any money from the Chinese government when we've got a, we, and there was an, a laptop at the time showing that he had gotten $4 million and the big guy was getting 10% Joe Biden. And there was emails on the laptop at that time in which um, what's his face? Hunter was emailing or texting his kid saying, you know, hopefully you'll never have to be like me and give 50% of all of your pay to your dad kind of stuff, right? It got to that point because the Republicans have allowed themselves to be bullied in these debates and for a long time. In 2012, and I've told this story so many times, Candy Crowley, this is around the time of Benghazi. This is when it started. Benghazi. Right. Well, this is I think it might have even started before then, but this is when it was obvious. It was apparent. There was no denying it anymore. Um, Mitt Romney is asking Barack Obama about Benghazi and saying, you never called it a terrorist attack. Oh, I did the next morning. And then Candy Crowley whips out some transcript that still never said that that Obama called it a terrorist attack. But basically, she was prepared in advance to prop up the lie. Right. 
And I had Ron Nearing on my show at that point, and I asked him, when is the Republican, this is in 2012, 10 years ago, I asked Ron Nearing, who is chairman emeritus of the Republican Party for the state of California, when are you, when are you going to stop going along with these crappy debates? And because they're being run by the media, which is completely controlled by the left. We don't have a problem with the media, he said to me. We have Fox News. This was 10 years ago. We didn't deal with the problem then. And I tell you, one of the things she, she said here was her four reasons were um, them waiting until 26 states had been gone voting before hosting the first debate. That's not really the biggest issue here. The biggest issue is propaganda and control of the topics and propping up lies, making unilateral changes to previously agreed upon debate formats. Another point, she had choosing a moderator in 2020 who had once worked for Joe Biden. There has been almost no moderator who has been conservative ever. We needed Bill O'Reilly to be asking questions. No, we really needed Rush Limbaugh. We needed Mark Levin asking questions. At this point, I don't even believe there should be moderators. I think here's what you what we needed to do. Put them both up there. Well, Go. put them both up there, up there. Topics picked by voters. Put it out there. Put, put it out there. We've got all kinds of systems out there to where you can put it out there and ask the voters for top, top questions. And then they each get a certain amount of time and an intern sets a clock. That's it. And when the clock's over, the mic shuts off. Right, because we don't need moderators because all they are are trying to get the attention onto themselves like Megyn Kelly in 2015 or they're about trying to skew it for their – when we know that the media and the legacy media is 99.9% in the tank and propagandists for the left, there should be nobody – from the mainstream media as a moderator. And so my question is, RNC, what took you so long? Exactly. Still good news. Oh, it's great news. Even though the reasons don't make sense. Okay, last bit of good news for the election. Mark Zuckerberg of the uh, 400 and not just Facebook fame, but now um, election fraud fame, having spent $419 million in donations to, quote, nonprofits to control elections in 2020, uh, by uh, bribes, as other officials have called it in Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, called Zuckerbucks and Zuckbucks, he has said that he's going to get out of the election system business. He's not going to get involved in this anymore. Dave Bossy's doing a victory lap today because he's got a whole movie about this called Rigged 2020. So, um, and I do think it has. He made this announcement after that movie came out and people started talking about it. Not Didn't after like the egg in the face. Yeah, not after Wisconsin, in which um, there was lawsuits filed and 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 a judge even came back and said that the use of of those funds and the way it was distributed was discriminatory and did change the outcome of the elections. And, and, and he should stay well, out. Right. Then he needs to stay out. So that's excellent news. All righty. Um, I think we got to shift to something funny when we come back. I think it's time. We want to talk about debate moderators, the stench of Chris Wallace. And you know what? He's paying the price for it today with the CNN Plus move. And we got to share with you guys some really fun stuff surrounding that when we come back. If you want to give us a buzz with your and tell us what your Easter traditions are or just have a laugh at Chris Wallace's and CNN's expense, 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. To tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888 344 1170. 
before the break, Skins, uh, in the last segment, well, I, I was giving you guys good election news, but uh, in regards to Zuckerberg pulling out and the RNC withdrawn from debates and uh, how how big the Republicans are going into it. But but really, the, the shocking news in that segment was that you eat rabbit taquitos. You, you know, no. tasty. Don't knock it till you try it. No, I, well, I've tried rabbit. I've and? eaten. I've eaten. I mean, it's okay. It's not chicken. I mean, it's it like doesn't duck. replace it, chicken. It, it's it's a little gamey, but it, yeah. I mean, I've eaten squirrel, um, buffalo, alligator. I, oh, alligator cheesecake is just divine. Alligator, alligator cheesecake. cheesecake. Go to if you're ever in New Orleans, go to Giacomo's and get you some alligator cheesecake. I'm telling you, best thing ever. I pretty much have eaten everything, but I will not eat a nutria, which is swamp rat. I don't eat swamp. Oh rat. no, 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 no. I don't eat no swamp rat. Okay. Speaking of rats, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. <laughs> he even kind of looks like one. Well, he was just so full of himself that he got to leave Fox News and he was going to go over to CNN and uh, CNN was going to have the streaming channel and he's just going to be king of it. Right. And on his way out, he was bad mouthing everybody at Fox News. CNN spent three hundred million dollars on this CNN plus streaming thing. Um, some, a couple of other people over there with Chris Wallace was supposed to be Jamel Hill, that nasty woman. Um, who had been on ESPN. Who else was over there? I didn't recognize the name of somebody else who was supposed to be over there. I don't know. I don't know why CNN thought Jamel Hill and Chris Wallace was going to be a draw and help them cover their expenses of $300 million because they have had <laughs> about 10,000 people a day on that site. Now compare that to Disney Plus. When Disney Plus um, launched, they had... 20 plus million a day, 20 plus million a day. Okay. So media research center came out today with (laughs) eight things more popular than the epic failure of CNN plus. Oh, Anderson Cooper was also going over there and, and it was only five, five 99 a month. I mean, it's not like it was a huge amount, right? Um, here's the 10 things that have been more popular than the epic failure of CNN. Oh, I love Plus. this. Number one, a Kickstarter campaign for potato salad <laughs> made more money, <laughs> over $55,000 than CNN+. Plus. <laughs> In the U.S. alone, 10,386 people died by f- from falling out of their bed <laughs> between 1999 and 2014. Number three, an Instagram account called Ad Daily underscore Otis that posts the same picture of a CGI cow every day and nothing else has 48,200 followers, <laughs> which is nearly five times as many followers as CNN Plus. According to Wikipedia, the tiny island of Tuvalu has more residents, 11,900, than people who actively use CNN Plus. <laughs> I'm just reading this for the first time. A YouTube video of paint paint drying, and that's it, has more viewers, nearly 1.1 million, than CNN Plus. I think they're rebranding right about now. <laughs> CNN minus. Literally, people, over a million people are watching paint dry instead of CNN Plus. 
During Christmas, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, handles over 130,000 phone calls from children on the whereabouts of Santa Claus. Over 118 million have subscribed to play World of Warcraft. In 2016, the Australian Bureau of Statistics found there are close to 48,000 Jedi in the country. <laughs> <laughs> All things more popular than Cheers CNN+. Cheers on that Plus. one, Chris That's Wallace. right. All right, now stay tuned. we got Hour 2 of the Andrea K Show coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.